You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. Oh my gosh, it has been quite the week for those of you that follow me on the Instagrams. I've been probably spamming you with just (laughs) all the emotions of having a little in kindergarten. And I didn't think I was an emotional parent, but I am. Let's be clear. I mean, I'm a cancer son and seeing, you know, your firstborn child who literally felt like yesterday was in my belly. (laughs) going to kindergarten, like getting on a bus. I just, I don't know. It's a lot. And it, it's been weirdly challenging. I I feel a little lost. I feel a little sad, but also proud. I don't know. For those of you that are parents or that are preparing for that stage of life, I don't know that you can always plan for these things. So I'm just, I'm sharing it live time, you know, all the emotions, all the feelings. And I, I feel so grateful to have moments to actually feel these things to actually like sit with them and acknowledge rather than just rushing into the next challenge or the next you know work adventure or whatever it is and I think there's some real beauty in that in stepping out and and existing and feeling the things that we need to feel as they're happening lifetime and it actually works really well with this episode today with our guest Amy Dempster so Amy is an amazing teacher in connecting with nature. And that's, I think that's such an interesting topic right now. People will say, you know, get out of nature, get out of nature. That is that is like a self-care or spiritual practice. But like, okay, (laughs) we do that all the time, right? We get outside. Mm, Great. We go for a walk. But there's something very different about really connecting to nature and acknowledging its beauty and seeing its magic and and giving it its power that it truly, truly deserves. And Amy gets into that today. And we get a little weird. We talk about some fun things, you know, when when her and I were prepping, I was thinking about things that I wanted to ask and I just like went for it. I mean, we're talking ghosts, we're talking weird energy, we're talking, you know, what spirits are a part of nature, how they work with us. And if you remember the episode I did with Jamila Jemunja on spirit guides, she also talked about earth spirits and the fact that they're here to help us manifest. And it really lines up with some of the things that Amy was sharing on this episode as well. So I love it. I love it when it all comes together. So let me tell you a little bit more about Amy Dempster. Amy believes in the healing power of the earth. What began as openly sharing her spiritual journey on her blog, Following Hawks, has become a resource for others wanting to learn how to communicate with nature and share their own unique healing gifts with the earth. 
Together with the spirits of the land in the mountains of northwest Montana, she tends seven portals on the land where she lives, along with any grid keeping work she is assigned. She also leads the Earth Tenders Academy, an immersive online journey to help others reestablish their connection with their ancient ancestors, learn to communicate with the seen and unseen forces in their environment, and respectfully offer their healing energy to places in need. So I was just this past weekend up in the mountains, um, in Estes Park, way, way up in the mountains. And I just, I was thinking back to this episode and this conversation and offered so much gratitude to the spirits, to the earth, to the nature around me. And I felt it really coming back. I felt that, you know, that reverberation, that energy coming back and just filling me up. And, you know, while being up high, high up in elevation can be really draining, there was still this amazing sense of, of strength, right? Of lightness, of of rejuvenation that that sustains us, that brings us into really hard times with grace, with ease. So I love this conversation with Amy and how we can tie nature to our self-care practices. And she gets in there with some specifics. A lot of these practices will be great for any signs out there, but especially for those of you that are earth signs and just feel really rejuvenated by being out in nature as well as those of you that are needing some of that grounding energy Um, in our last episode Skylar the guest talked about feeling wobbly and I feel like that was such a great word right now things feel a little wobbly and there's this this need to get our feet on the ground feel connected feel grounded rather than floating getting pushed around and getting in nature and, and trying on some of the practices that Amy offers up today is definitely amazing grounding practices so I hope this episode teaches you a few things about connecting to nature if you are new to yoga magic i'm so grateful you're here make sure you're following along on instagram at yoga magic podcast and i'm at ashleysondergaard.yoga if you're not new and you've been listening for a while and you're you're finding these episodes to be helpful to you please take two seconds tap the five stars on apple Podcasts because it helps so much with the the reach of this show and if somebody can benefit from it go ahead and share it with them send them a text or share on instagram it really makes a big difference okay i'll stop rambling a bit today thank you so much for being here everyone let's get to our conversation with amy dempster welcome amy i'm so happy you're here we're going to talk about a lot of things i have so many questions just like getting excited about chatting with you can you share with listeners a little bit about yourself and the work that you do yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to our to our chat and our conversation. But um, yeah, I uh, work with the healing nature of the earth. And so um, that really gets into all kinds of um, earth energies that uh, people usually have lots of questions about, like portals oh, yes. and vortexes and grids <laughs> and all of those kinds of things. Um, but also with the spirits of the land. And so um, there are energies and spirits that are present, whether we notice it or not, um, absolutely everywhere that we live that are working with the earth and are excited and thrilled when we want to work with them. So mm. uh, that that is mainly mainly what I work with. I'm glad to hear that that's a positive exchange. I don't know why, maybe in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, I don't know, that they'd that spirits be, would be resistance to those of us that are earthbound in some way, but I'm so, we're going to unpack this 
in many layers. <laughs> how did you, how did you do this? Like, how did you start working in this area? Yeah. I mean, it's been a real process for me. I, um, I did grow up on a farm and I was around nature a lot, um, as a kid and as a teenager, but I took a very traditional route, you know, went to college, got a job, was living in the suburbs, working in a lot of years. And as time passed by, I was just feeling that disconnect, um, to nature and it was getting to be more and more of a challenge for me day to day to work in an environment where I wasn't around nature. And around that time, I kind of discovered just meditation and mindfulness and those types of things. And you know, the more that I meditated and the more that, you know, I really started kind of receiving messages. Uh, I was, I really received this message to move where there were pine trees and water. Mm. And so it was obviously a huge leap of faith. And we didn't know initially kind of where that was or where that would be, but through a series of synchronicities, we ended up in Northwest Montana. And shortly after that, I really started noticing when I would be out on my walks that I was receiving messages or hearing things that I didn't put in my head, Mm -hmm, (laughs) things that I wasn't mm -hmm. making up um, myself. And so I really just figured out it was the trees initially, the trees were talking to me and Mm. sometimes just as simple initially on as asking me to pick up trash, you know, that was around um, where my my walks were, because, you know, as you pointed out, like they do want to work with us. They don't have Mm. arms and legs and they're not able to do the same types of things that, that we humans are. So they want to work with us all together. And so that really just set me off on a path of questioning and, you know, what is this? How can nature communicate with us? And how can Mm -hmm. I communicate back with nature? Um, And, you know, there wasn't a lot of information out there at the time. um, But, uh, you know, I was able to find bits and pieces here and there and kind of start putting things together with my own experiences. Um, and realizing that there's this whole other world that is um, ready, willing, and able to work with us. And that's what I've been doing now mm. for you know the past seven or eight years. Wow, that's so unique. And I I think this the consciousness obviously is 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 rising and people are more interested in having these conversations yet you were doing it <laughs> years ago. I'm curious when you're you know you're on this walk, you're getting this information from the trees. Is it, are they giving you like, you said like pick up trash, but are they, are they giving you, are they giving you conversations and ideas that benefit the collective or is it something to help you or like, what's the nature of their messages? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the spirit and it's a little bit of everything. Some of them are much more conscious of just, you know, what's happening in their immediate environment and, you know, could I help with that? Um, And some of it is, you know, physical, like, can you cut this limb that's dead? Or can you Mm. pick up the trash? Or, you know, we don't like the thing that's sitting, you know, there in the backyard, whatever. (laughs) Um, Some of it's really, really, you know, obvious things like that. But in a lot of cases and a lot of places, you know, if you really start thinking about it, there's a lot of trauma that's held in the land, a lot of trauma Mm. that's happened on the land um, for generation after generation. And so, um, oftentimes that's, what's really affecting the, the vibe in a neighborhood or a community, um, is things that have, that have happened there. They're still very much held in the land. And so the spirits are very, um, very much wanting to help clean that up and, Mm. um, you know, shift the vibration. But the way that we help is that 
because we are physically embodied, we can ground any healing work into this plane. So you have all these spirits that certainly can work on another energetic plane, but when they work with us, then we're grounding it and actually helping um, kind of cement that healing work into mm-hmm. this plane. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. You're talking about planes. I'm just doing some learning around the planes myself, just like how to use them. And it's, I work with, I'm a yoga teacher. So chakras and auras and all those things, but like the planes is new. So I'm excited that, that you mentioned that. (laughs) So when you're talking like through the trees, I mean, that's an energetic being just like we are, right. I mean, all of Mm -hmm. these spirits, And, you know, I want to unpack this a a ton as far as like making that initial connection. You know, you talked about you walking in the forest and getting that call to move where there's just, you know, more nature. How do you help individuals connect to nature on a day to day? Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, it's just about um, matching frequencies, really. Um, and it's and that's what channeling is, right? So right. Um, it's like we're all dialed into different channels. And when, you know, we are able to change the channel to the same place that another being is on, um, then we can communicate. But it's very much telepathic. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just something that we are not taught in our cultures, you know, how to communicate telepathically, where everything else on the earth is communicating telepathically all the time, you know, animals and plants and spirits and all of the, all of these things. So it's really for us just like learning a new language and um, understanding how we receive telepathic information because it's different for each one of us. And that's, you know, that you usually hear about the clairs, right? Being clairaudient or clairvoyant, you know, being able to see or hear. And, you know, all of us are able to do all of those things but some of us have, you know, uh, some that are stronger than others or that are easier than others. I have found as the years go by that as one gets better, then more come in. So, you know, for instance, I, um, I really didn't see things, um, to begin with, but as time has gone by, I realized, oh yeah, it's, you know, you're developing your third eye, you're practicing, you're, um, you're doing these things and, you know, now things can come in. And so, really that's what's happening in this telepathic communication is they are sending information on a frequency that then we're picking up and translating. So it might be a picture, it might be words, it might be a whole sentence, but really that's still us um, translating again, Mm -hmm. you know, interpreting what that message is. And I think the hardest thing, and certainly in um, teaching people, I think this is um, the one thing that most of us, are strongest about is really our kind of um, feeling senses. And that's the hardest to translate into words, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like you, you have a feeling in your stomach, or you're feeling a constriction in your throat, but what does that mean? And what is that, you know, what is the message? And so that's some of the work is kind of figuring out and interpreting how are these beings sending messages? um, What is that frequency? And how do I translate that into my own understanding with my own words and language? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like flexing your in- intuition muscles and finding what your specific clairs are. And are there, are there any specific examples of, okay, say, so for me, I am relatively more so clairvoyant than I am clairaudient. So if I want to start to develop that, like, like whatever, either of those clairs connection to nature, like what would I do? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I always suggest if you can get outside, you don't have to be outside, but like being out in nature is just going to shift your energy and shift your vibration kind of closer to their vibration. So that's going to help. And you can initially pick a being that, you know, you'd like to interact with. And sometimes it helps, even though we have spirits that maybe we can't see in our environment, there's plenty, like we're saying, like trees and plants and mountains and crystals and things we very much can see. And so when we're starting out, that's probably a really um, good tangible way because you're interacting with a specific being that you can see. And so um, if you're not sure what that is or who you want to communicate with, I always suggest walking around very slowly, like much slower than you would normally go for a walk and look for things that are catching your attention. So, you know, is there a flower that you just find especially beautiful or a tree that seems a different color green than all of the other trees? Like these are some of the subtle ways that they're communicating and calling out to us, but we just tend to go, oh, what a pretty flower and keep walking. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so when you find something like that, that you just think, oh, this is really calling to me, or this is really interesting to me. um, You can, you know, obviously get closer to it and just really in your head, you can say, you know, I, I'd like to communicate with you. Hello, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, introduce yourself. It's, you know, it's like meeting a new friend. And so um, you can ask it some questions or, um, uh, you know, share anything that you'd like to share. But um, as you, again, this is like a patience and exercise in patience. Some people it flows through really easily. And sometimes you just have to wait, um, you know, sometimes waiting two whole minutes can feel like an eternity. Yes. <laughs> but sometimes it's, you know, two or three minutes to just sit quietly. Um, you can sit with your eyes closed. You can sit with a journal if you're someone who um, I like to write. Um, and so a lot of times things come through when I have a pen and a piece of paper in my hand. Um, however, you'd like to kind of sit with that being and just start noticing what's coming in. Because obviously, if you're clairaudient, you might hear a word or, um, or a phrase. If you're more clairvoyant, you're going to see, you know, again, with your eyes closed, kind of, you can imagine kind of a a blank canvas, you know, in front of your eyes or a black space. Um, And you can just ask in your head, like, you know, what would you, what would you like to show me Um, Mm -hmm. and look for any images that, that show up. And as those little bits and pieces start coming in, you probably, you'll, maybe you'll understand, but maybe you won't, you know, it's too um, random or, um, you know, not attached to anything. And you can say, you know, I don't, I don't understand that. Can you show it to me in a different way? Or can you tell it to me in a different way? Or can you explain that more? I'm not sure what you mean. And so again, it's like creating that conversation and understanding that that being is trying to work and find its way to your frequency, just like you are. And so it's not, you know, we tend to beat up on ourselves, like, I tried it and it didn't work. Right. <laughs> I'm not any good I'm at done. this. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not good at this. This isn't, this isn't what I can do. And they're trying to, you know, people right. don't come out and talk to them very often. And so it is kind of a new thing for them as well. And so they have to find your frequency and you have to find theirs before it really can flow really easily. And so, and some you know, some energies don't want to communicate with us or don't have much to say. And so, you know, if you're not getting much from one, like move on to another one and and try something else. Mm-hmm. It seems simple and it's, it is right. It, like, you're just, yeah. you're just <laughs> there. You're just communicating. Yeah. And I think too, like 
all of this practice, it's more the like the vulnerability of doing it. It's just kind of out of our, I don't know what we consider to be every day. And I'm all about it, all about the weird. I have a really <laughs> awesome intuitive teacher who's like, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to like be, I don't know, just kind of be weird and, and be okay yeah. with that. And that's when it starts to really click. Yeah, it's so funny, you know, nobody wants their neighbors to see them, you know, hugging a tree or <laughs> talking to a tree. <laughs> but luckily, you know, you can kind of sit, you know, take, I always say, like, take a blanket with you if you're going to go like to a park or, you know, the beach or something like that, because it kind of sets out your sacred space. And it kind of makes, you know, the room you set, mm. set a blanket out. If you've got a journal, it just looks like you're writing, you know, it doesn't, um, nobody knows you're channeling with the tree that's over there. <laughs> yeah, so, I love um, that. you know, the more comfortable you can get with it, um, the better, but you're right. It, it is, um, you know, if we were taught to do this as children, then it would be second nature, very common mm -hmm. and everyone would be doing it, but we weren't. And so it is a matter of just kind of getting comfortable. And, um, you know, I always kind of challenge people a little bit as well, like do some of the weird stuff in nature. Because oh my gosh. It's, yes. It's really what, um, it's triggering and and helping helping the awakening process for other people when they see you playing a singing bowl or toning or um, surrounded by your crystals on your blanket or you know whatever and it's really interesting to me you know a lot of times I want to go out I want to be by myself in my private space and you know doing what I'm doing but there's other times that I really specifically go to places that I know are going to be busier and I know there's going to be more people. And almost always, even if people don't come up and talk to me directly um, or ask me questions or ask me what I'm doing, um, I will notice if I kind of have a, um, you know, an energy bubble going on that people will like start coming into that space. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if they know they're doing it, but you know, last summer I was on, uh, on the beach at the lake one day and I was kind of, I was actually reading my book. I wasn't really doing that much, but I had a bunch of crystals kind of set up like working with the lake. Yeah. And I noticed that people were coming closer and closer and I just wasn't, I didn't really look up for a little while. I thought, well, it's lunchtime, it's summer. Like I'm just, just busy, right? Everybody's coming to the lake. And all of a sudden I looked up and I looked to my left and right and realized the beach was totally empty on both sides of me. And like everybody had migrated right into this space where I had the crystals pointed. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you would think people would want their own space and they would want to go, you know, further away from the other people if they could. And instead they were all, you know, gathered together. And so people are getting the healing vibes. They're getting, you know, they, um, they're picking up what we're doing, whether they're conscious of it or not. So, mm -hmm. um, I always encourage people just like, don't be afraid to be a little bit weird. <laughs> yes. You're teaching people. I love that. I, this is making me think too. So when we, when we looked at our house, this house that we live in, it's converted, it's a big converted like horse barn or horse farm rather. It has a big cool. barn. It's like, it's in the burbs. It's very weird that it would be like this, <laughs> but we, we saw it one time and I like was overwhelmed with energy and emotion, seeing this backyard and like whatever was here before. And I just, I saw immediately like yoga in the backyard. We do this all the time. Just like that was such a download, such a channel in that moment without even, you know, preparing the energy dump. And I can only imagine how, like, if you walk into a portal or, you know, whatever it is that that can ripple effect, right. It can affect all of, all of us. Um, yeah. I'd love to talk a little more about, and really like you talked about like portals, like what are 
portals? And how do we know that we've experienced one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they're, um, yeah, and they're more subtle usually than we think. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, um, all these years and all this work I've done, I've never been to Sedona. And so I went last week for the first time. And it was so funny because I thought, maybe I'm going to have this totally different experience, right? Sedona is known for their vortexes and known for this energy. And, you know, and it felt the same to me as it did in any other, you know, vortex I've worked with. And I think it, it also depends on your own energy field and kind of, you know, what's happening on that particular day and that spot in the earth. But I was like, yeah, it's still gentle. It's still somewhat subtle, you know, um, when you're, when you're feeling it out on the land. And so, you know, portals really are just whirling spots of energy, but they're in places where, um, energy is concentrated. And so sometimes it's a matter of where, um, what, you know, what's considered the earth's grids, which is energetic, Mm -hmm. um, electromagnetic frequencies kind of running through the earth, um, are crossing over and you can really feel that. Um, and, other times there are, there are reasons that portals get open for, for other reasons, other than just kind of electromagnetic, um, frequencies of the earth. And so, um, they are places where, uh, energies can come and go from other planes, from other dimensions and into Mm -hmm. this one. And so, but it, it, it's again, it's a frequency thing. So whatever the frequency of the portal is at is the frequency of kind of beings that are allowed to move through that portal. And so this is where we get issues with, you know, I get all the messages from people about the creepy portals in in people's closets, right? Yeah, (laughs) what is that? They're always in closets, right? What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So, and those do exist, you know, and and they are really a thing, but it's really, those are usually the lower vibration ones. They were created usually accidentally by a buildup of, you know, very low, emotions, um, sad. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not a little sad. It's, it's a lot of heavy, deep, um, depression, those types of things. If it's sustained in a long period of time, then portals kind of matching that frequency can be opened. And so, um, and then beings, spirits that match that frequency can come in. So that's when you have Mm -hmm. somebody who's saying, you know, like, I just, I have this flood of spirits coming into my house there. They all come through my closet or whatever. I'm using that as an example, but usually it's like one room in the house. You're very conscious that that's where it is. And so those portals can usually either be closed or you can raise the frequency of them to kind of slow down the, the flow <laughs> of energy yeah. going on in the house. But the ones that are out in nature are much more, again, naturally occurring. Um, they're pretty gentle. Uh, I usually suggest if you have... Uh, uh, tourist attraction vortex by your house, go visit it so you can feel what it feels like because they are, again, it's um, if you kind of stand, ground your energy, close your eyes, you'll feel like which direction it's moving in. You'll feel kind of the energies moving around. But, um, you know, if you see the, those, the tourist places where they build, they usually call them like a house of mystery or something right Mm -hmm, on top of it. mm Those feel really dramatic, but it's because you've put a, you know, a very uh, linear structure on top of this moving energy, and then it heightens the energy. Otherwise, if it's, if you're not in a specific space like that, you don't feel it nearly as dramatically. I'm so excited to share Yoga Magic's newest sponsor, Interval. So when I made this switch to teaching yoga online, 
when the pandemic hit about a year and a half ago, I found it really clunky. It was hard to navigate Zoom and reminding students to come to class and registration and all the things. And then I found Interval and ah, oh my gosh, it has everything. So now I use Interval because it has all the tools in one spot and helps you build your health and wellness community. It houses class recordings, it can manage payments and memberships, and even has links for playlists that your students can enjoy after class. So if you're a yoga teacher, a coach, maybe an online educator, really of any sort, make sure to check out Interval especially if you've been using Facebook groups or other platforms to build community, this is gonna bring it all together in one place. And it's completely invite only, so use the link in my show notes to learn a little bit more and see if teaching online through Interval is the right platform for you. Again, it houses everything you need all in one spot and helps you reach new audiences by making the back end of teaching online super easy. Interval, more information in the show notes. I, this is like so divinely timed that we're having this combo. I'm like <laughs> geeking out right now because when we were in California, we were just in Palm Springs. We were out in the desert um, in Joshua Tree and there is this like this, this big, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a dome in the middle of the desert. It's called the Integratron. I was like, it's got to be the Integratron. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I have not okay. been there, but everybody keeps mentioning it to me. I've got to get out there. <laughs> and like, so that's the exact, that's exactly what you're talking about, where there's all of this energy and, you know, was downloaded by this man knowing that he needs to build here. And so they build this, this structure on top of all this energy and, I, I felt it like immediately, like even as we left, as we left our Airbnb to go out to this desert plate, I felt the shift like, oh, okay, here we go. And I don't know, I don't even like have words for what it felt like. It, uh, it felt like ominous in a way, like, oh, this is like, just like almost like an overload of information out in mm-hmm. this big area. And then the sound bath itself was really cool. They did, you know, a sound bath in this like dome area, but just like the energy of this experience was wild. My husband is like, he thinks I'm so out there and I am, but he's like, what are we, what are we doing on our vacation? What's this going to be now? (laughs) So that's like, oh yeah. Okay. So then is a vortex different than a portal? Are they the same? Yeah. The way I usually describe it is, you know, uh, if a vortex is the interstate, then a portal is the exit. And Got it. so they're, they're the same in that they're the same energy, but a portal is just basically has a door, you know, for the coming and going where the vortex is just the energy kind of moving through the space. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great answer. I love that. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about, we talked about, you know, the nature spirits and that gentleness you touched on some of the more negative energy. Um, what is your astrological sign? What does your chart look like? I'm just curious. I'm Virgo, Virgo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that surprises me. Interesting. I thought you'd be like all water. Know, like right? what's happening here? Um, but very earth, right? Lots of right. Earth, right. Uh, That's true. Energy. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so I'm wondering like for those, I'm all the water up in her. So just like, just constantly <laughs> like empathing these things and, and often, you know, counsel my clients to set up energetic protection from themselves for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
what should we know about the spirits that are more low vibration? Like what are some ways that you protect yourself when you encounter things like that? I'm just love to deep dive in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And I love talking about this because I think this is another thing that is, um, you know, a massive misconception, I think, Mm -hmm. in our culture, because again, we're taught to be afraid of these types of things or that, um, or that we don't have any control over whether or not it happens, right? Like, if you think of every horror movie that we've ever seen, or, you know, all of these TV shows and ghost hunter things and all this stuff, you know, it's that, um, that somehow something is occurring that we have no control over and, um, horrible things could happen to us as a result. And so that obviously creates a lot of fear and, you know, just like the portals are a match for a certain frequency, you know, same with us when our frequency is at that frequency of fear, um, other things that match that frequency come right into our space. And so then it becomes this like self-fulfilling prophecy of being scared and having scary things happen (laughs) to us, which is not a good combination. And so, you know, the absolute number one thing that I always want everybody to know is that by being incarnated on earth, which is being alive on earth, we have the connection to source, nothing else, you know, none of those low vibe spirits have that connection, they're disconnected, if they haven't crossed over, and they haven't, you know, returned to that connection. And so we actually are the ones who have the power and the control over what happens in our space and what happens to us. And so um, one of the first things, in fact, it's on my YouTube channel, you can go find it, it's, (laughs) it's free, um, because I want everyone to do it is really um, learning to work with guardian spirits is what I call Mm -hmm. them to uh, clear and protect your space because absolutely we can do it ourselves, right? We've probably all learned how to, you know, whether it's burning herbs or using music or, you know, whatever we like to do to clear our space. It's not something we want to do multiple times a day, every day, all the time, because, you know, there's energy in our house that we don't want there. And so um, I like to help people get their house to a neutral place, which Mm. some people start in a neutral place and that's fine, but some people do not. And, um, you know, really what you want is to um, be in charge of your space, (laughs) be in charge of what is in your space, who is in your space and Um, And you can decide how that is. You know, there are people who do a lot of work crossing spirits over. That's one of their main jobs. That's, you know, something they do. So they have spirits in their house all the time, but even they can decide, like, I have office hours. This is when they can come. Um, This is when they can be in my house. Otherwise, absolutely not. You can't come in my house. And so um, me, I have a no earthbound spirit (laughs) policy in my house. I don't want them in my house. They can go. Um, And so I have guardian spirits that it's their job to take care of. They're the ones that are on the lookout for any kind of low vibe stuff that might be you know, passing through, popping its head up, showing up from somewhere and um, they can just take care of it. No questions asked. They Mm. don't need to, you know, come consult with me (laughs) on, on everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is, you know, absolutely. You want to get your house clear. If you have any spirits hanging around, um, if you have energies that don't belong, um, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for us. It's Mm -hmm. not healthy for them. Um, And again, these are um, not 
usually spirits that you need to have any kind of, you know, fear or concern about, um, they are, you know, somebody's loved one that passed away and didn't get mm-hmm. all the way back to source because that's another thing we don't teach anybody in this culture to do is, you know, what happens when you die and what is your responsibility um, and what do you have to do? And so now we have this kind of epidemic of earthbound spirits that um, just need some help getting back to where, mm-hmm. um, to where they need to be. And until they do, they are not connected with source and they need source energy to continue, you know, existing. And they take that from living humans. It is not usually um, malicious in any way. They just don't have a choice. And so Mm -hmm. you just don't want them hanging around your house. So Mm -hmm. um, if it's a family member that you love and you just, you know, feel like you want them around, they can come back after they have crossed over and check in on you and be connected with you. But it's not healthy to you know, hold them here and keep them here mm-hmm. um, in, in that in-between space. And so, um, you know, that, that process of walking through clearing your home, um, calling in guardian spirits that are specific for your home that can help you, that will follow whatever rules you would like to set up for your home, um, really can get you back to a much neutral um, space that then you can build upon and add your good energy <laughs> to um, to your home going forward and, um, you know, have a nice mellow space. But, um, you know, the, the kind of any of those kind of spirits that you perceive as um, scary or intimidating or whatever, the second you say to them, you're not allowed here, uh, you can't play those games here, or whatever, those types of things, they take off. They don't usually hang around because, um, you know, they are taking advantage of the fact that you don't know that you have the power and the control in, in the situation. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you know mm-hmm. that, and as soon as you assert that, they're not going to want to be in your space anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not matching their vibration. You're you're saying, I'm more elevated at this point. I need you to exit. What if you do want to help them? What if you want to bring, let them, would you hire somebody? Do you come in and do that? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I actually teach people in my course how to do it because it's yes. not as um, hard and scary and intimidating as we think. Yeah. And everyone's scared to do it. And then they do it and they go, Oh, that wasn't hard at all. (laughs) That wasn't scary at all. But I do, I mean, I teach a process where, um, you do protect your own energy before interacting with other spirits and then have a way, you know, really your kind of energetic boundary is translucent for lack of a better term. So uh, you can see and interact with these energies, but they can't come into your space. And so, Um, Yeah. So instead of just, you know, sending them off to bother someone else, you can absolutely help them to uh, get crossed over to the other side. I like to work with Archangel Michael um, to Mm -hmm. do that because that's Mm -hmm. a great spirit to, to assist with that. But it really also depends on the energy. Most of them don't realize that they're dead. So you have to have that conversation with them and, you know, help them to see that perhaps something's not quite right (laughs) about their, um, what's been happening to them for however long they've been there. And, and so some of them, as soon as they realize that, and they have the opportunity to, you know, as you've probably heard in, in TV and movies, right. Go to the light. Um, Mm -hmm. They'll go. I mean, it takes moments and they're gone, but there are some that need some counseling and that either are really staying here because, you know, say they also lost a child at the same time and they're worried for the child. Mm. Um, And so you kind of have to work with, with both energies or there's just, there's reasons why there are energies that are, that are hanging around and don't want to go. And some of those need some additional, um, 
counseling for Mm -hmm. uh, lack of a better term before they're really ready to go. And so um, certainly people, there are people, like I say, who specialize just in that, um, that can help with those types of things. Um, It's really a matter of kind of how much um, how much time you want to put into it. You know, I've had some spirits that I've worked with for like, it's taken them a couple months before they've mm, decided wow. like, okay, wow. they're ready to go, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and those are, those are usually are the ones more so that are like really, they're angry about something. They're hanging on to something they think they can change or, or do something about. And so, um, so it can take, take a lot of time, but I would say, you know, 95% of them, it's, it's like less than a five minute um, process to get them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I'm like, this is so wild. I love it. And I'm thinking, so I've done some of this work in past life regression. I don't know if you ever had one of those done before, mm-hmm. but, um, just, I tend to energize my listeners are going to be like, what the heck? But they, this is very much <laughs> weird. Like this is our norm. Um, but energize like, or magnetize rather, um, energies of young little kids as I'm a cancer son. I'm like a mama bear to the max. And I often I've asked, (laughs) I've asked a number of healers about this. Like, why is this? And it's like, they're looking for a mom and you have to let them know that's not you and that you, but you can still help them. And so I've done that before. And it, it's like, it's, I like the way you're talking about it being more simple, but sometimes it is kind of draining. I mean, it's that, that process itself, thinking through like a specific example was really hard and like kind of emotional yet felt so good. And I was like, all right, I can do this. I'm helping. And yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that's a great example. I mean, just think about explaining to a three-year-old in general, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, you've died, your mom isn't here and this is what you have to do. Like, that's not something that's an easy conversation to have. And so, yeah, absolutely. It would, it would take uh, more of that, but yeah, I was going to say the same thing there. They feel your energy and you feel safe to them. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you're, you're a good person for them to, for them to come to, but yeah, I mean, it's really, I think that's the other empowering thing, you know, again, it's, it's our job as humans to get ourselves and our loved ones to the other side. And so when you look at most um, indigenous stories or methods of, you know, what, what happens when people die, there's usually a specific story that involves like, oh, well, they take the boat to the land of the ancestors or, you know, like there's a process in every cosmology of you Mm -hmm. don't just die and then you're wherever you go. Um, There's a, there's an in-between. And so really it's our culture that's kind of uh, changed this to you die and you're in heaven or, you know, whatever the case may be, but there, there is this process of Hmm. um, kind of disconnecting from your body and and leaving this plane and shifting to the other plane. And in many cases, especially in a sudden death, you know, or if maybe you weren't conscious, you know, at the time of your death, there, there's a lot of confusion because this is when you realize like, right, our consciousness lives on exactly the same. It's just so you're still you and you're still there. You just suddenly don't have a body, which you may or may not realize. And so um, that's when you come across those spirits who are, you know, kind of just living their life as they always had. Like those are the ones, right, that are in an old house <laughs> that are like right. still, yeah. you know, making dinner every evening or, you know, opening the door to let the dog out or, you know, whatever, those types of <laughs> things. Like they're just still living their lives. And so you kind of have to have a conversation about like, have you noticed that maybe things have been repetitive or that this has been going on for a really long time? And, and that usually kind of, you know, is that spark that makes them say, oh, gosh, it does seem like I'm doing the same thing and I'm not getting anywhere. Nothing's mm-hmm. really changing. So yeah, it really is. I mean, it's the responsibility of, of 
us humans to get ourselves and our and our family members where we belong after mm-hmm. after we pass away. And so it is it's a very compassionate process and I think it really also helps us reframe this idea of ghosts, you know, mostly it's just like it's somebody's mom or dad or brother or child, you know, whatever the case may be and they they just need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about you. I grew up Catholic and the idea of like purgatory and how we pray for them on all souls day. Like it's that same exact idea, just a different belief structure. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, so many religions have so many different stories related to, um, right. again, to that, to that cosmology and that belief system. And what I have really, I think been kind of surprised to realize as I've done this work is you know, whatever we believe happens to us is what happens to us, right? Like our Mm -hmm. beliefs are what's honored by the universe, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody doesn't show up, uh, you know, on your bedside as you're passing away and say, let me explain how this is really going to work, right? (laughs) Like, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) (laughs) Like it doesn't work like that. You go where you believe. And so, you know, I, so I have a website of my family, some Mormon ancestors, but I'm not Mormon and didn't grow up that way. So I didn't understand what the belief systems were. And they came to me a couple of years ago asking for assistance. And when I went, to the Mormon cemeteries, I realized, oh my gosh, all the spirits are just here. Like, I mean, you know, there's always spirits in cemeteries, but like Mm -hmm. they're all here. And so I learned that in that religion, they're, you know, I'm probably going to say it more bluntly than (laughs) it is in the, uh, you know, than it's taught, but like you're taught to stay with your body until Jesus comes back for you. That's the teaching. And so they're all in the cemetery waiting for Jesus to show up. And Mm. so it's a perfect example of like, if that's your belief, that's exactly what, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's what you're Mm. going to do. And so unless you shift or change your belief system, and that was my ancestors at some point, you know, we're talking whatever, 150 years realized like maybe something's not right here and we haven't gone where we think we should be. And so they wanted some assistance getting that all straightened out. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's really a fascinating (laughs) process when you add religion onto all of of the rest of our cultural beliefs. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. It's like my whole life of just navigating and unpacking as (laughs) an adult now. Well, and I do think about like, you know, I talked to my daughters about, just energy and spirits and protection and all these things. And there it's so much in a, a part of their vernacular now, right? They're like, mm-hmm. like, if you want to know, you know, your guardian, your guardian angels or whatever their names are, like, just, just ask them, just ask them their names. And the, <laughs> it, uh, Lily, my daughter's like, her name is Ivy. It's <laughs> like, great. Love it. <laughs> great. Perfect. Love it. I mean, kids are so intuitive, but like, they are. hopefully by the time they're adults, this is just part of their existence and it's not weird. And they just, they feel comfortable and they feel really confident in, in this connection to God, to source, to, you know, our, our ancestors, because we talk so much about self-care on this show, I really want to kind of bring back this idea of the connection to nature, to Mm -hmm. ancestral spirits, to all that you've been talking about, how that can become a part of a self-care practice, daily practice, or, you know, you talked about being out in nature. Heck yes. Any other practices that you suggest? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, as much as we can get out into nature, because, you know, we're electromagnetic beings as well as the earth is. And so when our bodies and the earth get reconnected, that is a natural healing freak. 
frequency that our right. body um, comes into resonance with. So, um, you know, take your shoes off, put your feet on the earth, um, you know, get, get connected um, in that way. And, you know, let that natural healing come, um, come through your body. But it's interesting. I actually have been sharing a lot on my podcast the last few weeks about like, how do our bodies actually work with the earth? Um, because it's another thing that <laughs> meant much of it is not taught to us. And one of the really interesting things that actually came through to me about a year and a half ago, I started getting a message not to wear sunglasses. And I was like, but mm. why? <laughs> And, um, I mean, I listened, but I was really curious, like why this is such a random message. Why no sunglasses? And then I came across the information a handful of months later and what's actually happening, you know, the sun needs to reach the lenses in the back of our eyes for us to actually, yeah, to like turn on vitamin D production. So Mm -hmm. You know, it's why we're also vitamin D deprived because, you know, first, most people aren't getting enough sun in general, but even if you are, if you're wearing sunglasses, you're not ever getting it. So we're thinking that we're doing ourselves a favor by being outside, but we've always got our sunglasses on. And so I, you know, that's like my little tip. You don't, I was dry. I was on a long road trip last week, you know, like I needed to wear my sunglasses for some period of time because my eyes were getting tired, but If you can spend, you know, 20 minutes in the morning Mm -hmm. um, before, you know, the sun's rays are really intense, being in the sunshine without your sunglasses on, without sunblock on, you know, really actually letting your body naturally interact with the sun, you, you'll feel totally different um, in, in really in a matter of days. It's really magical kind of how our bodies work with the sun in that way. So that's one Mm -hmm. of my, my self-care tips. Yes. I, that's, have you read anything by Dr. Andrew Huberman or consumed any of his content? He talks about this a lot. I haven't. He's an ophthalmologist. It's very much like the science of this. And it's so wild that that's what the information that you got, because it's, again, it's letting the sunlight, not that you're looking at the sun, but you're letting the sunlight into your eyes and that triggers the hormones. And it's just this like ripple effect throughout your day. But you're right. Like I didn't even thought about the sunglass piece either. I was just like, oh, we'll just get outside. Yes. That's a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Amy, this has been so fun. What a fun afternoon for me to learn and talk about this stuff. And I'm so excited you shared with us. Can you share with listeners where to find you about your podcast, your YouTube channel, all the things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, my website is following hawks, like the bird following hawks.com. Um, and you can find everything there. But my podcast is called the Earth Keepers. And so you can go look for that on anywhere you like to listen to um, podcasts. And um, yeah, and then uh, I have the Earth Tenders Academy, which is my course where I teach people how to work with the spirits of the land, how to do this healing work and how to cross spirits over. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Amy for sharing this amazing insight into nature. Thanks to our show sponsor, Interval. Thanks to all of you for coming here every week, learning about self-care, taking care of yourself. Again, if you like this episode, consider giving it a review, a rating on Apple Podcasts, and sharing it. Make sure you're following along at ashleysondergaard.yoga and at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, everyone.